Hello, and welcome to Locked on Baylor. I am Corey Boney, fellow Baylor Bear, and your host for Locked on Baylor, a daily podcast dedicated to Baylor Bear fans around the globe. And in today's episode, we are going to talk about men's basketball. They took the court early today, and I was able to catch a little bit of the game live in person. So we're going to talk about what my thoughts were on the first game of the season. Spoiler alert. It was decisive, and it was a victory. A lot of hype. A lot of hype. But we're going to dive into a few things, though, before they take on Washington in Alaska, the final frontier. And then also, we're going to wrap things up by talking about Baylor TCU, kind of talk about the injuries that are looming for both teams, and also just a little bit of the chatter that I'm seeing on the interwebs. So we got a lot in store. It's going to be a great show. But before we do that, I'd like to say thank you. Thank you to each and every one of you who listen to the show and make it so great. It keeps on trending up each and every day, and it wouldn't be possible without each and every one of you. Make sure if you'd like to help out the show, tell all your Baylor fans that you know that there is a daily podcast dedicated to Baylor athletics on Locked On Baylor, part of the Locked On Baylor podcast. It wouldn't be possible each ever you, but if you want to make sure that you catch every single episode, make sure to like, subscribe, whatever you have to do on whatever platform you're listening to podcasts. Give give it give it a little a little like sees that way you know every time we get another fresh episode out. Spoiler alert: it's daily, and we got a lot of content coming up for Barely Bears. Football's undefeated. Volleyball's killing it. Basketball season is underway, and it is just hype, hype, great time to be a Baylor Bear fan. And let's just start by just talking about hype in general, and that is basketball is back. Men and women, doubleheader today, We, uh, we, whew, it's in the air. And, and talk about the men's slate, Kansas is taking a ranked uh, game versus Duke, and then not in Big 12, but uh, Michigan State and Kentucky today, they are launching off college basketball off with authority. A lot of, a lot of ranked teams in play, a lot of Big 12 teams in play. And it is just great when basketball is on the court. Some people don't. Some people don't tune into things like NBA until after Christmas. But you can't. You can't sleep on college basketball. It's just, in my opinion, one of the just great, great sporting events of all time. I love college basketball. I'm super hyped for it to be back. And it's, it's, it, it is starting off on the right foot. And like I said, uh, Lady Bears are going to be dropping the banners tonight, so they are a lot of festivities. If you're listening to this, you've probably already had all the festivities. We got a late episode these weeks, but it is a gr- it should be great. If early early birds are getting uh, little uh, souvenir banners. They're going to have a huge ceremony. They're doing it upright, and then your Lady Bears will be taking on the court second game of the Feral Center today with. And it is, it's going to be a doozy. And then we're going to wrap everything up tomorrow. We're going to talk about the lay bears and how they played this evening. But then we're also going to talk about the college playoffs. The college playoffs first rankings will be revealed tonight. So tomorrow that's, that's a little spoiler for you. We're going to be talking about both of those in depth tomorrow. And, uh, but before we do all that, I'm just going to talk about, uh, the college playoff rankings. Um, this is honestly a time where you, a lot of people, I think in a couple episodes, there was a question asked about what my thoughts were on rankings. Honestly, I think they're kind of trivial because anything can happen. Like if you're undefeated and then you lose three games, then it doesn't matter. You, that ranking is fluid. It doesn't mean anything. But I am interested to see 
what the committee, these are the people, the minds behind who gets in, who gets out. I want to see how they're and It seems like every year they kind of tweak things a little bit. It's not just cut and dry. It's not like back in the day when number one was decided by computers and algorithms. These are real people. This is a new committee. The members kind of come and go. Um, there's there's some people that stay on every year, but there's always some new faces every year. And that means that uh, it just takes on its own identity. So for the very least, I'd like to see what the committee is looking like, what the rationale is on their rankings. I think a lot of people are kind of cynical that that they just do things just to get clicks. And you know what? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna firmly argue that point, but I think to an extent they there's a lot of merit behind these rankings and so i'm really excited to see the baylor bears i expect them to be in top 10 i think that we got slide in the ap i think that if they actually look from an analytical standpoint i think there isn't a, a way that you keep baylor out of the top 10 so i'm really curious on what uh we look like in the t- top 10 but it's great it's great that we're in there but it's not going to mean a dang thing if we don't go up to Fort Worth and take care of business because then you're dropped out and no one cares. Everyone says, oh, look, I told you so. They couldn't even make it to OU. And then all the haters come out. So let's let's make sure that we're laser focused and that we're getting ready for TCU. It's going to be it's going to be a great game. And we'll get into kind of what the team is going to look like uh, for Baylor and TCU here in the last segment. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Baylor men's basketball. They took the court and they won in decisive fashion. We're going to uh, break it down, see what I saw from the time I was able to be there in person. And we're going to take a look at the stats, just take a look at what players kind of, I don't know, what kind of players stood out to me and what kind of players, uh, you know, uh, may need a little more practice, time in the practice. We're going to talk about everything. It was the first game of the season. There was a little rust involved, but there's also... A lot of fireworks. We'll talk all about that in the next segment. Stay locked on, Baylor. Okay, so it was your men's Baylor Bears taking on Central Arkansas Bears. And before I before we get into the game, I just want to say their uh, mascot or their logo, their their bear, just kind of looks like the old Baylor Bear logo. I was just couldn't help but think about this. It looks like the old Baylor Bear logo, but they gave it like black eyeliner and just filtered the green parts in with their purple colors. So anyway, I just wanted to say that before we get into everything about this game. It was an early game, and but it was one of the first, if not the first, college uh, basketball games of the 2019 season, which is pretty cool. And this was a game, as an, I, I think this is the first time I've actually been able to make a little bit of it, but this is a... It seems like every year we have a 11 a.m. game, and it's not always at the beginning of the year, but it um, it's when they invite all the school kids, the local uh, kids, and like six year olds, seven year olds, young kids into the Farrell Center, and it was loud. It was loud. Uh, a lot of people that were in the uh, season ticket holder seats weren't able to make it, obviously, uh, with it being 11 a.m. and on a Tuesday. But uh, they were they more than made up for it with their. Uh, vocals in the game they they were they, especially when it, when they started announcing all the players and the lights went out uh the the scre- the squeals and squeaks and screams were real uh it was it was a really cool atmosphere and but also i must say our pregame or pregame hype video with all the plays oh, 
it is fire this year. It, it's always usually pretty good, but I really like this year's. It's just there's a lot going on, but it's a lot of awesomeness, and that's what we have on this team. It was a victory for your Baylor Bears. It was 105 to 61. It was the first time in two years that we've uh, broke the triple digit mark for the men's basketball. So that's pretty awesome. So what we'll do real quick, we'll just take a look at a little bit of the stats line. And there's some surprising stats that uh, to take a look at that it was really, really, really big from the three point. And we'll take a look at just the uh, starters real quick. We got um, starters getting a good bulk of the jumpers behind the arc was uh, Jared Butler. He had uh, 28 minutes, 10 of 14, but most importantly, he was 8 from 12 from beyond the arc for three points. Perfect on free throws. Wow. I mean, it, that's that's incredible. That's that's great to see. He was obviously, especially when uh, Tristan Clark went out last year, he was a big spark that came on. Uh, he's one of my favorite players from previous season, and it's good to see that he is keeping it keeping it going, keeping it going from he, he's always had a really good shot and he just let it go. Of course, you're going to get more contested shots the further that you go in, but it's a great starting point. Um, a lot of people are saying that with these, the tour of Italy with the team that uh, the passing looked really good. And for the most part, it did. Um, it was a little bit of the middle of the first where things just kind of got bogged down and it was a little lethargic, but it looks like it, we, we were able to bounce out. But we'll get a little bit into that in here in a second. We'll, let's go through the rest um, of the stats. Um, Macy Oteague uh, had a really great game, and that was that was something that was I was a player that I wanted to uh, look at this stage, and he was uh, 7 of 12 and also 4 of 6 from beyond the arc. So he had a great great game uh davian mitchell had a really good game he had some really good passes too and really good on defense too and so that was another player that i was curious on how his role would be on the team he was starting and he looked really good he was uh three of six and one from four from beyond the arc uh was zero for three for uh free throws uh so definitely something that uh will be a little bit of a focal point hope hopefully then freaky freddy had a really really great game he was six of seven ended up with uh um, ended up with 14 points. Jared Butler, I skipped all the point totals. Jared Butler ended up with 30 points. Highest total he's had in his short career at Baylor, but really great game. And then Tristan Clark, he had, uh, just like uh, uh, Coach Drew saying that it's he's not going to be 100%. He got into early foul trouble. Some of them, he had one travel too, which he knew. It, it was a travel. It's a lot of timing involved. Uh, but, I mean, he's still presence, and he had some great defensive moments in the second half. But he ended up with uh, one for three, after uh, and o for over th- one uh, from beyond the arc. Ended up with three points. So, yeah, there's some work to be done. But like uh, Coach Drew said in the post game, he, he you love to have him get back to up to speed and still be able to win the games. And so that's what that's what's really really great about this team that the bench. The bench is really good, and you never know. Coach Drew is saying that right now he's just kind of moving pieces around, and he's a little he's a little spoiled with all the talent that's on there. Devontae Bandu came off the bench, and he he scored the majority of the opening points. He was uh, three for four from beyond the arc, six of ten overall with fifteen points coming off the bench, and he he played lights out. Um, Matt Meyer, uh, he he had a uh, pretty good he had a pretty good game. He was uh, three for seven, uh, two for two from beyond the arc. 
and he is playing better. And he also had an injury to uh, that he had to work through. So he he's kind of in the same boat with Tristan Clark, but he's still he's still. I just would like him to kind of slow down, slow down. It seemed like the majority of the misses were right at the rim, and he was taking it up like a for lack of a better term, more like a high schooler. Just you just gotta. I don't know. You gotta, you gotta actually go in there because they're going to be legit defenders and give uh, Central Arkansas credit. They have some really good talent in the paint. Uh, they have one seven footer and one uh, uh, seven ten, uh, six ten guy. Excuse me. And they were they were making their presence known. So it was a really good, especially for I feel like Tristan Clark, someone that's at his height. It was really good for him to kind of get back into the swing of things. Um, but yeah, uh, Flo Thamba played really well. Devonta Bamdu, Mark Vidal, he had a typical Mark Vidal game, playing a lot of minutes, having having rebounds, having a having some good. Uh, he he was getting to the line, ended up being two for seven. But you know, it was a, it was a it was a hustle game for Mark Vidal, and uh, yeah, ended up overall it was the craziest stat out of this whole game was. Uh, we shot fifty six point three percent field goal percentage. We shot fifty four point five percent from beyond the arc at three point, and then our free throw was at fifty percent at uh, seven and fourteen. So definitely a, a, a spot that I think uh, coach is going to look at and uh, address. Um, but man, obviously you, you're going you, the three point percentage is not sustainable, but it's it's good to see that all. Out, out of the gate, shooting and shooting well. Uh, like I said, there were times where uh, it, things got a little lethargic and people were holding the ball. But honestly, for the majority of the first half that I got to see in person, the, they were passing the ball really, uh, Chris, especially uh, Mitchell. He had some really aggressive passes uh, that that uh, were going in in transition. And that was a big thing, too, was uh, transition passing looked really sharp, really sharp. Um, Central Arkansas started off the gate really, really cold. I think they missed. They didn't score until like six minutes in. So they were they were really, really cold. But I mean, honestly, I mean, it it was it was all Baylor in this game, and it was a great way to start. Anyone that was there for Texas Southern to start the year last year knows that uh, you can't take these games for uh, for granted. Uh, this is a conference of of that can that routinely gets. Uh, people into the Big 12 and sometimes produces upset, uh, excuse me, into the Big Dance and sometimes produces upsets. And so uh, you can't take anything for granted against these uh, type of games because the parity is growing in these games. So it was great to see your Baylor Bears come off and not just uh, win by like 12. I mean, they, they won with authority and they, and 105 in any college basketball game. That's incredible. That's awesome. That's something you don't see every day, but it was definitely something that is, uh, is a bright, a bright spot for basketball. I mean, the hype is real. The hype was already real before this game. And after this game, it's, it's only going to, uh, it's only going to increase, but you know what? We have a huge game. This is a game going into Alaska of all places versus a power five uh, opponent. You can't, you can't look at this game and say, Oh, this is, this is what we're going to do day in, day out. It's a short turnaround, a big, big refocus, and the men's basketball has a lot on their plate coming Friday. But I have all the faith in the world after the performance I saw from them on Tuesday at the Farrell Center. It's a great, great, 
great sign, and I'm looking forward to Friday. I am really hyped, actually. Really hyped for that game. It's uh, I'm going to plan uh, the whole Friday around that game. I'm going to be dialed in onto Baylor versus Washington. But before we get back, we're going to take a quick note from our friends home at Roman. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. Just go to GetRoman.com slash locked to get a free visit and a free two-day shipping. Again, that's GetRoman.com slash locked to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Stick around. When we come back, we're going to talk about Baylor TCU and uh, hype up this little game a little bit. Look at the uh, Just take a look at the uh, injuries and what's all surrounding this game on Saturday. Huge game for Baylor Bears Don't go anywhere. Stay locked on Baylor. Okay, now it's time to look at Baylor versus TCU. A huge game for you, Baylor Bears, going into Fort Worth, Texas, taking on what will soon be the longest rivalry in Texas. I was watching a little thing that came on my uh, timeline. I believe it was Stadium Rivals, I believe so, and it just that did a history on this rivalry and since uh, Texas and a- Texas A&M uh, are, definitely won't be scheduled anytime soon, definitely will be a decade or longer before they ever play again. Um, we will, in I think like 2022, I think, is when we'll pass uh, how many times each these two teams have played, and it was it was pretty pretty fun, pretty good uh, watch. If you have time, go look it up. It it was very uh, it gave through the whole history back from the 1800s. Uh, the first game ended in a zero zero tie, and we talk about these 14 uh, uh, 17 games being a snooze fest. Can you imagine going through a zero zero tie? Ah. Anyway, um, so this is a big game. Obviously, that's that's it's a big game for TCU, who's trying to become bowl eligible. Um, probably not having the season that they thought, but they've had a ton of injuries, and they're still going to fight. They're still going to have a good product on the field. So we need to be ready. And so there, we'll talk about a little bit about just what the injury looks like for TCU, what the injury kind of looks like for Baylor. And there's been some news going around uh, TCU. They have some a little bit of distractions that have been confirmed. It looks like uh, the backup uh, to the backup um, for TCU, uh, the grad transfer from Kansas State, Alex Delton. Uh, he's no longer with the team. Apparently, he did not like the fact that he was not uh, selected to come in when uh, they were going through all the injury riddles and quarterback. Speaking of, let's just get that out of the way. Looks like Max Duggan will be playing. Uh, he has a finger injury, um, and it's it's listed as questionable. But the way uh, Gary Patterson was talking about today, it looks like he'll be probable. Now what gets interesting is uh, Mike Collins does not. He is doubtful. So the fact that... Um, the grad transfer Alex Delton is not going to be around, not going to be dressing up. Makes things interesting because, I mean, just not saying that we're w- wishing any more injury, but we have a vicious defense that gets to the quarterback, rushes the quarterback. And um, so it's going to be interesting if I, we're, we're getting into the final stretch, the home stretch of conference play. And so everyone's d- dinged up. Everyone has injuries. So, I mean, there's only so much next man up mentality that you can have, but it's going to be interesting to see if Baylor gets in, gets to uh, 
Duggan and he, he, for whatever reason, has to go out. Maybe it's just he has to go out to go under the tent. It's going to be interesting to see who they're able to line up behind. But let's get into the rest of TCU. TCU has a lot of questionables. And some of this, I feel like, is just Gary Patterson being Gary Patterson and just kind of holding his cards closely. But we've already talked about the QB situation. They have a couple uh, pair of wide receivers. Uh, Aldontre uh, Davis, uh, he's questionable, along with uh, Trevontage Heights. They're both, uh, looks like uh, uh, Heights is uh, nursing a leg injury, and uh, uh, Davis is not saying what it is. So that's one that, I, if I had to guess, I don't know. I don't have any inside, inside information, but what, from my opinion, when it's just an unspecified injury and they're just questionable, they generally end up playing. So if I had to guess, uh, Dale Entre, uh, would be active and then maybe hence leg injury wide receiver. Maybe not, uh, Keenan Reed, a pair of safeties, Keenan Reed and, uh, like Hendrick Von Zant. That's a, that's a, that's a mouthful of a name, but pretty cool. Pretty cool name. They're both questionable. Uh, so a pair of safeties on their defense, um, are questionable as well. And then, uh, Jalen, uh, Rager, um, he left out with a back injury, so not, no real update that. He's questionable. Sometimes that's just stingers. Um, so if I had to guess, probably be, probably be uh, in for the game. But uh, they have a slew of other injuries. I mean, they've got a, a few few other quarterbacks that have been injured, a few other uh, uh, offensive weapons, uh, wide receiver, running back. Uh, but they're out for the year. They have quite, they've had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven players out for the year. So that's one aspect that Baylor so far has been relatively good on, but it is starting to uh, it's starting to it's starting to uh, it's starting to get a little larger on here. Now, I, like I said yesterday, I don't see Connor Glavin uh, coming back to left tackle, and honestly, honestly, I, I really hope that we don't have to. I think that I, I really hope that we're able to. Uh, I mean, if it's I, I don't want basically what I'm trying to say is I don't want to be like kind of like a Tristan Ebner where or Xamian uh, um, Newman uh, to get a more applicable example where it feels like we have to put him in because, you know, you're like you're 70% and we really need you because we need to push. I would rather have him have an extra week to get ready uh, be, to get healthy versus Oklahoma than to put him back in there before he's not a uh, grand, probably not going to be a hundred percent, but before he's in the upper echelon up percentages of being healthy and then just have him go out and maybe be out for the rest of the season, out miss a bowl game because that's that that would be that would be a huge loss if we didn't have Connor Glavin for the uh, for a bowl game. Absolutely, that'd be huge. And then Chris Miller, uh, like I said, is out for the entire of the game because he's picked up his third targeting, so he is out not just a half. He's out for the entire game. So big, big loss there on defense. Uh, we got Gabe Hall, Hall that's doubtful at nose tackle. And then uh, Jameson Houston, I guess, is listed as questionable. Uh, I feel like everything that I've heard says that he he's going to be good to go, but that's definitely going to be something that you're, I'm going to want to keep our eye out for uh, later on down the week. And uh, then uh, it looks like Cole Barber had uh, even uh, Bravion Roy on there as uh, questionable. So that is that is something that I feel like we have to have. Um, his value to our defense is cannot be understated. He gets so much of a push and he always draws a double team. It's what makes the uh uh James Lynch and company able to get the re- uh, the edge so easily because oh, oh, 
Bravion Roy is able to demand so much up the middle. But you know what? It's it's like I said earlier. This is the type time of the year that these things are just going to be a, a a price of doing business. And what I really am hoping for is that the players that are, are questionable again. We got Graylin Arnold, who's still we need to get to 100. Uh, percent Tristan Ebner had to play a little bit last week. It seems like he's always just our fourth quarter guy. Hey, can you get a few reps in? Because uh, we really need you. Um, I would love to say it'd be nice that we blow out TCU and don't have to even think about using any of these guys. That is an absolute best case scenario. I was really hoping that last week versus West Virginia was going to be like that, but we all know who how that went. And but the biggest thing is that we got the W. So we got a lot of things to look out for. Um, and then one last thing, Gary Patterson getting snarky with his press conference about. Oh, they kind of asked him about this rivalry, and he said that it's on its way to being back up and how there was heated uh earlier a few years ago and how he hasn't heard that that much chirping ever since around uh 2015 and i just was like no no doy i mean this guy blocks every every single bear fan i'm surprised i'm not blocked yet that he's like oh there's a, da- a daily podcast dedicated to baylor athletics block he he, he. that guy has anger issues he's hey, uh, he over under how many times he ties his shoe on the sideline this weekend. I think it's going to be at least, at least about 250. That's what I'm thinking. 250 up downs, up downs. That's why his, that's why his thighs are so, so stout. They look like tree trunks. He has a hobble. Anyway, that's enough talking crap about their head coach. Um, looking forward to this game. It's going to be big. We're going to talk about the keys to Baylor victory later on in the week. I haven't decided if I'm going to do that on Thursday or Friday yet. I think I'm going to still leave it out. I think I'm going to do it Friday. But we got basketball, so I'm, we got to kind of schedule everything out. We got a lot to talk about in these uh, in these podcasts now. It's exciting times, and it's exciting times to be a Baylor Bear fan because I don't want to brag, but we're doing a lot of winning here at Baylor University. So that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Remember to stay locked on Baylor, and also remember to subscribe and follow to the show on whatever app you may be using to listen to your podcasts. And if you'd like to, make sure to get involved. Tweet at the show. You can tweet at Locked On Baylor with any question or anything that you'd like to see more of or less of even in these podcasts because this is for the people. This is for all the Baylor Bears out there. So give me a second Bears if you're with me. Thank you so much. We'll catch you again tomorrow. Second Bears.